Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello everybody, this is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. I, uh, as usual, have Darren Jolly here with me. Hi. Hello. Hi Darren. How the hell are you? Delightful. Good, glad to hear it. So, this week, no, I always say this week, fuck. Um, this episode, we are going to talk about the media. Um, and, well, I guess maybe a little bit of history, um, what the media is currently, and I guess really what we think of the media. So, you got any introductory thoughts before I jump into my mojo no i mean you know like so much has has changed over the course of the last 20 years i mean there's the rhetorical disposition where they divide it between the fourth and the fifth estate i think that that concept is becoming quite a misnomer now that you have like institutions like uh print institutions like the new york times and the washington post uh sort of like succumbing to the position needing to have digital uh spaces to fill you have the the major um like Fox, MSNBC, CNN, all the uh, news, Newsmax. I hate it's pains me to even fucking put that one in there. But uh, I think it's funny that you said no, not really, and then went on for like thirty-five seconds. Well, too. okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm almost done. <laughs> well, isn't that me? Right? I don't have much to say, but I've got four and a half minutes of an introduction that I got to get to. That, but what I was saying was is that MSNBC, CNN, and Fox, they like CNN put like several million dollars into trying to create a position in on YouTube. And, and of course, Twitter is like tied to all those institutions, all the journals that are, that are tied to those institutions. So um, having said that, I mean, the point is just that uh, what was the media, you know, 30 years ago is quite different than what it is today. So are you saying that the fourth and fifth estate are now a blur and they're all the same and that there's no such thing as new media anymore? I, I'm when when those when those uh concepts initially came out i think that they've gotten a lot more blurred for sure i mean with uh, like the the movie um with about julian assange is called the fifth estate and it was called the fifth estate for a reason right but my god what's i mean what's happened i personally and i don't want to get into it too far until you know you 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 get your 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 chops in but i got rid of cable four or five years ago because i could not fucking stand the, the news that was coming off of those spaces. I couldn't pay for it anymore. I was done with it. I had to find and so I saw I sought my media elsewhere. So. The, the only thing I do is is watch movies for the most part. I mean, I try to get headlines and if it's something that I feel is true, you know, I'll delve deeper and look elsewhere for it. But for the most part, I watch movies. The news pisses me off because it's not the news anymore. So Here's, here's kind of the historical part, and I think we touched on this in the FCC thing, but the FCC told all of the stations, television when it came out, that they had to do an hour of news every night, and they could do whatever else they wanted. All the other 23 hours a day, they could do whatever the fuck they wanted as long as they produced one hour of news every day. I don't think the one hour that they're producing 
is truly fucking news. A squirrel water skiing, a fluffy fucking dog, a kid that needs to be adopted. That's fluff. It's bullshit. It's not news. I fucking hate it. Um, but let me go farther back. Um, because we keep throwing around this term estate, fourth estate, fifth estate. Um, I think it's important to kind of talk about what the estate system was to begin with, because it will kind of put some shine onto what was expected of the media. So the first estate was religion, the clergy. And this all came about during the the French Revolution or, or before the French Revolution. So the first estate was the clergy. The second estate was nobility, so the king and all of the fucking court. And the third estate was the commoners. So we are the third estate. Um, The fourth estate was supposed to serve the verse 3. Um, and I think for a time, they probably did. I don't think that they do anymore. I think that they are self-serving corporations, just like any other corporation out there. Um, unlike Darren, I, I do see more of a, a, a stance between the fourth and fifth. Um, yeah, all of the reporters in the New York Times and the Washington Post and, and all of those newspapers have Twitter handles. But I think that's more in order to get people to read their stuff than it is to write a story like new media. Because the new media stories, a lot of them are just reposts of someone else's shit and they don't cite it. That's not true. Uh, the new the, the I, I only watch new media the people that I get into and, and and the people that are that are arguing on or the people that are posting things on Twitter it's not just to get coverage it's to smear people that they don't like that are in new media okay maybe so, but I mean no not, so not maybe a lot, absolutely a lot of the stuff that I've read uh-huh. online uh-huh. is just repost of somebody else's shit yeah but that's not all new media like new media extends to what goes on in YouTube what goes on in podcast spaces what goes on in Twitter, yes, and uh, Instagram and all those different spaces. But because of the rise of YouTube, especially for the last uh, three or four years, um, there have emerged an entire new crop of uh, people that are going, you know, like there was a book that came out, I don't know, three or four years ago called uh, Hate Inc. It was written by a guy by the name of Matt Taibbi. And what he was noticing was the way Fox News created a very specific model where they just, uh, you know, the evil liberals, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then when Trump got elected, uh, Rachel Rachel Maddow, like, and because they realized, MSNBC realized there's so much fucking money in in hate. So the mainstream right right wing media, the mainstream left wing media or legacy media, as as it is often characterized as, um, they totally lost their way. So this other space was developing where it seemed to me like a lot of people, and I'll get into them more later, who they are specifically, but a lot of other voices came out that were trying to take the 
the concept of that one hour, I mean, because that was a very altruistic idea, that, that this sacred hour that was supposed to be uh, allotted for uh, letting, telling the, the public what's going on in the world. Well, hold on, though. Okay. When I'm talking about the hour, though, uh-huh. I'm talking about CBS, NBC, Fox, and, and those guys. Local news, generally, so it's, it's probably a franchise who is carrying the CBS local, right? So it's CBS Denver, it's CBS Sacramento, CBS New York. CBS New York might actually be CBS. I don't know if they break that off like they do everywhere else. But those are the guys that have to do the hour. Once cable came around and CNN was spawned and and all of those guys. 24-hour news, yeah. Right. It, It... it changed that paradigm and i think that's when they started doing more of the bullshit that i talked about the the squirrel on water skis and and fluffy dog and kids that need to be adopted and shit like that um and i i didn't mean to interrupt you but the, the hour is important because you know fox news doesn't have to worry about that hour yeah there well there are all kinds of entities that do live out outside of that space but the only the only reason that i that i drew the parallel to the people that i was getting interested in 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 the new media forms is because they seem to be uh and and i'm not going to say that they're perfect because they most of the people that i listen to like uh sager and uh crystal on uh breaking points Sagar come, comes forward, he says, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a populist right-wing guy, you know, I don't like big government, you know. He comes in and he says, this is my ideological disposition, and what I tell you in terms of the news is going to be informed by that. I mean, and, and Crystal, she comes from a left-wing populist position, I think that most of the time she's more of a socialist, she's just trying to uh, bring, it, bring it to a, um, a more palatable position for, for a certain group of people. But what I'm saying though, is, is that there's been this notion of objectivity that had been tied to that one hour previously. And yes. I was only just drawing the analogy because the people that I like, they, they say, this is where I'm coming from. And I really want to tell you the news. So, okay. If you take the objectivity thing out of it, because supposedly journalists were always supposed to be objective. They weren't supposed to be attached to one side or the other. They were just supposed to tell the truth and report the news right so take the objectivity out of it and let's say somebody comes to you and says hey i'm a journalist left wing white right wing whatever if they're not objective and they are tied to one side can they be honest can they be truthful and report the news the way it should be reported? Okay, that's like I don't even know what objectivity means, dude. Right, but I mean, you just said they weren't objective because they admitted because they, they were... present themselves as coming from a certain position at the beginning. And in my estimation, there is no such thing as an objective subjectivity. Okay, that's fine. So take the fucking objectivity <laughs> out of it. If you remove it, and she says, Crystal says, I'm left wing. What's his name? Says he's right wing. Mm-hmm. Sagar. Can they be truthful if they're not objective? I think that, like, I, I, I can only do what I can do in terms of approaching it to see whether I think that the person is honest enough with the way that they're presenting it. If I, don't, if I can't tell in the first two minutes where their money's coming from, then they've got a shot, right? But I, I've, I've resolved myself to a position with those people because they, I, I've, I've watched them over a two- or three-year time period. I've watched them grow. I've watched them change. I've watched them develop. And I feel like they're... 
fairly honest in the way that they 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 come about it. If I watch MSNBC and so uh, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, another really good sort of like emerge. He came from blogs and he's become a, a huge writer. Uh, he does. He also does stuff on YouTube and he does. He, he actually left YouTube a bunch because uh, he uses YouTube because the volume's so high there. But YouTube fucks around with the algorithm so much that uh, he 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 found a different outlet. I can't remember what, well, what he they uses. Well, try to censor you too. Yeah. Yes. That, well, that, that, that's why your, he. They'll change your news story or make you try to change it or just fucking cut it. That they, they well they just they'll just bring it low so that nobody sees it. You know, you cut it out of the algorithm. Well, they can boot you too. Well, they, yeah, they but yeah. YouTube isn't as like the way that Twitter's done that. I don't okay. I don't want to get caught up in that too much. So just to Glenn Greenwald specifically, right? Um, he uh, he helped find uh, a an, an media outlet called the Intercept, right? With some billionaire, I can't remember what the fuck his name is, but uh, leading up to. The uh, election in 2020, he he was the one that broke the the story for the laptop, right? For for uh, Biden's son's laptop, and he 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 wanted to print it on the Intercept, and the Intercept refused to allow him to print it, so he removed himself from that space. That like somebody that does something like that and doesn't do it in a way to where they're like trying to get you know they're not slamming them. Yeah, yeah. He he just he just said you made a bad choice. I gotta go my own way. Like like Glenn Green. If you do stuff like that, I'm gonna trust you. So like that's what I watch for. Like, but see that the word you just used, trust, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you gain somebody's trust by being honest with them? And you said all of these people you feel are being honest with you. Mm -hmm. So apparently. You can remove the objectivity and still be honest and truthful. And that is the most important part of journalism as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I just I, I dismissed that out of, out of hand from the beginning, the objectivity thing. That's why I didn't. So. Didn't want. Uh, well, I just, I, I, like you, you, you're the premise that you started with was if you get past objectivity and like I. No, I yeah. was just saying if you pull it out yeah. because I think that that's important because that that honest and truthful reporting is a keystone of. I don't know the journalist code, the journalist principle, whatever. And I think if you do that, regardless of what outlet or medium you're using, then you can call yourself a journalist. Um, if you just go out and start slamming people and using Trump's name over and over and over again so that you can grab audience mm -hmm. because they care what is happening with Trump for whatever fucking reason. Mm -hmm. Um if you're doing that, then you're not a journalist. You know, I mean, you can't just say Trump is stupid, new or fake news or, or whatever in order to draw that audience. It's got to be a true story. And if you did all of the things that you're supposed to do, you know, you found your sources, you cited the sources that you could. Um, the ones that you couldn't, you know, you said it was, they don't like the term off the record, but off the record or whatever the equivalent of off the record would be, mm -hmm. um, you built that story and then reported it. I don't give a fuck if you're a Democrat, a Republican, a socialist. I don't care if you're green party or 
whatever. If you did those things and reported a story, then you're a journalist. That so, but I like I don't find anything on the TV even remotely close to like trying to like a little bit on uh, uh, Amy Goodman and stuff like that on uh, uh, the the public. Uh, what the hell am I trying to say on the Channel Six stuff like PBS public public broadcast? There's a little bit. A lot of that stuff is subject to certain. Uh, financial dispositions that caused them they were not broadcasting anything with regards to biden's uh by biden's son's uh laptop they went they went along with everybody on the left and they that that is definitely a left-wing uh, media establishment yeah so, but uh that's why like everywhere that i look um I, I just do find anybody on on tv like worthwhile at all i mean is there anybody that you can think of that you'd see i don't i don't watch tv at dude. All. and yeah. I, i'm telling you so mm-hmm. all of the the local channels and you think okay well they're the local channels and they know our market they know our politicians they know you know our our traffic patterns they know all of this different stuff about our our local channels well, the scary thing is, is that a lot of these local news stations are owned by huge media conglomerates that happen to be like right-wing religious fucking nut jobs. Um, and I think we've got a couple here in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if we go back to that one hour, mm-hmm. then we jump back into... Okay, so they're owned by a religious nut job, and this religious nut job is pushing a certain agenda down the pipe. Those reporters have the choice keep their job or say fuck off and walk away, but they don't truly have the choice to be objective honest truthful or a true journalist yeah it's the silent it's the silent agreement and it's not just religious nut jobs it's beholden to certain corporate positions like crystal uh crystal ball she worked for msnbc in 20, 2013 i think and uh it was when bernie was sort of like rising up and uh she was making some very honest uh comments and uh she knew what was going to happen she saw the right and she got fired for for doing what she did and she had to go back into the uh, the uh, side networks to find. I mean, they when when breaking points finally came around. Um, well, they started off under a, a group called together called the Hill, and it was real. I think it was like 2019 when I started to see them. I think that's when they started coming on there together, um, and they got a huge following. And it like what what caught me at first that was so interesting was like. I could hear Crystal's disposition towards the left, like it was, and it was not hidden, like it was very clear. But Sagar would, he'd, he'd be like reviewing these things that happened at Bernie rallies, and he's like, why is it that none of these other media spaces are covered? I mean, he was, he was honestly saying, and I was like, I could tell this guy is a righty, but it wasn't like at the forefront of every single thing that he was doing. So right. I... Uh, I I I I appreciate that and and but they they got because that was a corporate institution that they were underneath there at the hill, um, like the religious you know zealot that makes you say this or the corporate zealot that makes you say that, um, they had enough viewership at that point in time, and they went and talked to Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan said fuck just go out on your own because they were they were they were tight with them and and they did now they've got you know I don't know 
hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and that's how they stay out from underneath the corporate position. They're independent because their their subscribership is high enough that they've actually and they've built to where they have like different segments that other people that they've worked with come come in and do things. Uh, uh, Ryan Grimm comes in and does things with them. Emily, I can't remember what it, Tashinsky, I think that's what her last name is. I can't remember what her last name is. But they're starting to create a space, but my God, they can't compete with the giant, the giantess of these other institutions. No, I mean, it's, it's difficult because those institutions, I mean, so you call it MSNBC. Well, technically when they started, that was a co-opted, thing between NBC and, and Microsoft, which made them huge anyway, right? Is that where the, the name came from? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. So, um, but now Comcast owns NBC and all of the umbrellas underneath NBC. So, you know, and then there's this weird monopoly thing that happens where I know that Comcast technically can't stop someone from saying something on whatever news station is being broadcast on there but i'm sure that to some degree they wonder because comcast has booted channels before i mean i can't remember i think it was like wgn and hgtv and and a couple of other channels got removed from it you know the guys at dish network remove channels all the time so again i know it's illegal for comcast to remove channels but i'm sure some of these news programs that aren't associated with nbc have to kind of think about that in the, the back of their head to to some degree yeah you got to play ball otherwise i mean it's like Conspiracy, conspiratorial silence you know like uh, you know if you say if you move in a certain directions you're gonna you're gonna get uh, they'll they'll shoot they'll shoot one across your bow at first but then uh, they make it pretty damn clear that uh, if you don't if you don't uh, follow the agenda then uh, your, your balls are gonna get clipped yeah so I mean the media I think I was excited about new media for I don't know the first couple of years that it was new media and I, I know that it's changed to some degree um, but I still see stuff that's just reposted and it, it really bothers me um, especially because they repost it and don't say that it's a repost um, you know fucking cite your source mm -hmm. and tell people that you didn't actually write the fucking article mm -hmm. if you're trying to draw traffic to make you more money um so i i kind of want to go back because you and i talked about well, you talked about William Randolph Hearst. <laughs> I talked about George Hearst, who was his dad. And I talked about how George Hearst would use his newspaper to manip manipulate certain things um, with regard to his mining interests and, and political whatever. He was a senator, right? He ended up being yeah. a senator of South Dakota. Mm -hmm. Um, we were, this is a conversation we had yesterday, so, but you know, he, again, 
was what I would consider not a true journalist. And he may very well have been the first guy that ran things down the pipe that said, this is the way it's going to be, and you've got to report this way, otherwise I'm going to boot you. Now we need to look deeper at some other... Yeah, that, that's to... speculation yeah. on my part. Uh -huh. I, I'm not going to say that it, it was that way. I do know that he used the paper to manipulate certain things, though. Um, but you talked about his son basically making news more accessible to a larger populace um, across the United States? Or, or were you just talking about in San Francisco well, he, he was and the California? He was the first real media mogul. I mean, that's why Orson Welles did Citizen Kane. That's why, that's why people remember his name today. But, I, I mean, in the same spirit that you're saying that his father, uh, that he would sort of lace his political aspirations into, say, the San Francisco Chronicle at the time. I'm pretty sure that... Examiner. Examiner, excuse me, yes, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure William Randolph Hearst was doing. But he was he had kind of like an inquirer kind of like way that he did things. He made news exciting and sexy and shit like that. It wasn't about the news. It was more about how you packaged it, you know. But having said that, like it was all over the place and he was making tons of money out of it. So, so he was kind of like the Rupert Murdoch of that's when I think in 1900, I think, yeah, when I think of him that at the turn of the 20th century, that's pretty, that's a pretty, although Rupert Murdoch, I mean, by the time it came around to what he was doing, like he knew exactly, you know, the direction that he was, you know, I mean, his his, it's been pretty clear what his intentions have been generally speaking throughout his, Dominion. So, so another thing that we were talking about yesterday was that, that in the 1800s, like you talked about William Randolph Hearst making news sexy and, and more accessible. Well, in the 1800s, you know, everybody's traveling by fucking wagon or horse, whatever. So there's not a lot of communication. Um, you know, the, the telegram helped with that to transmit stories from place to place but even the telegram wasn't available in all of the cities that that had these little newspapers for aspiring journalists right and so i think in some cases a lot of these guys would do what you described making things sexy and they were basically selling dime novels it was like in narrative the form of a newspaper mm -hmm. um so when the principles of journalism started to come into play, I think it was truly with education. And, and that's ironic that I'm saying that with as much as I fucking hate higher ed. <laughs> but um, Joseph Pulitzer, let's see, I got some notes here. So in 1892, Joseph Pulitzer offered... $2 million to Columbia University to set up the first journalism school. Um, Columbia turned him down. But he ended up going to the University of Missouri and setting it up um, in 1908. But they actually had their first journalism course in 1879. Um, the reason that I mentioned those those courses and those those schools of journalism is because I think that that's where 
those principles of right and wrong and and ethics you know bringing about this set of ethics for journalists started to sort of form hence the concept of the pulitzer prize and all that stuff he was right. sort of like a groundbreaking figure and founding those things absolutely so where where did it go wrong was it with television i i mean because when I was a kid, I remember watching 2020, and it seemed like it was news, but I was a kid. I don't fucking know anything. Um, you know, Walter Cronkite, I remember seeing clips of him, and he seemed to be a journalist, but was that just... The magic of TV? Well, I mean, it had to be on some level because even back then when you had the Red Scare going on or you were not allowed to deviate from certain lines of thought. And I'm not even sure that they were as aware during those time periods that there were lines of thought that they would have been capable of deviating from. You know, anybody that like, you know, like in, in the Red Scare, for instance, anybody that would would have been identified as being with the socialists was, was evil, like out of hand, you know? I mean, it, right. it, it's taken us a ton of time to like, so like we 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 have well, and the media helped with a lot of the blackballing. That's that's sort of what I yeah, but and and some of them knew what they were doing. Some of them did. I think that we're we're just finally getting to the point where we quit thinking that we're ever going to achieve anything objective. Like we we know we're subjects. We know that we have certain dispositions, and we know that we have to sit down with other people and like engage with them in that. Which is why I like these other people that, that I pay attention to. But I don't think. But I wasn't, again, I wasn't talking it never about went objectivity. Wrong. It, it never went wrong. It was never right in the first place. So you're saying that journalists were never truthful to begin with. I, don't, I think that, to be perfectly honest with you, they, they didn't know when they were not being truthful. Some of them knew better than others. I, don't, I think that to, to put them all, lump them all into the same category, like you said, Walter Cronkite. He, I mean, I, I never saw the dude, but I can, hear, I can hear his voice because of how much he permeated the... Uh, the sphere the of, of, of everything during yeah. those time periods. So, um, I mean, I think that he tried. I think there were people that tried harder than others, you know, people, that, but there were people that were, you know, not ready to go against the grain. I mean, everybody that I like now is swimming against the current. What about the guys that busted Nixon or the ones that, you know, you know washed out Clinton? I, 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 the, what, what, what were the, uh, what is the, I all the presidents? I can't. All, all the presidents, man. Oh, um, I don't know. Uh, the, well, the, the, that's the Nixon stuff, dude. The well, I didn't see the movie. Yeah, well, but it's they, those were the same guys that were. It was two stupid names, and Deep Throat was the guy that yeah. like blew the story out of the water. He was the whistleblower. Um, fuck. Okay, please Woodward, pause. Woodward and have... Woodward and Bernstein, Bernstein, of course. My God. I, yeah, I, I think and they were swimming against the current, to be sure, but that was still a left-wing attack on a, on a heavy right-wing president, so they were going to find a foothold in, in, a, in a sort of left-wing media establishment. You think they did it just because they were left-wing and not because he was doing something wrong? I think that both things were true at the same time, probably. That, that would be my guess. And uh, I think Bob Woodward just released another book. I think that was it was him. I don't think it was Bernstein. I think Bernstein's probably dead. But <laughs> see, that's funny. That's more of a philosophical question, I guess. But and I know it can happen. 
but how often is there more than one truth? And if there is more than one truth, is there an ultimate truth in the situation? Do you know what I'm saying? Because I, I see what you're saying. Okay, so Woodward and Bernstein thought that they were doing the right thing. And they weren't necessarily going after him just because he was a Republican. Mm -hmm. Nixon thought he was doing the right thing for probably a ton of fucking reasons because mm -hmm. he was trying to protect the company country oh, that it, was a freudian slip if i ever heard one <laughs> yeah um so there there are those truths but you know i mean i i think ultimately and maybe it's because i'm more left i don't know i i think they did the right thing i don't think but I don't know enough about it to say they attacked him or didn't attack him. Yeah, and him. I don't really know that I do either. I don't know what, what their their proclivities were. I mean, but I just, maybe I'm making an assumption in that moment. Um, but uh, multiple truths. Like you asked this question, the, the first thing that you have to shed is this notion of objecti objectivity. And we, I'm not saying it about you, dipshit. I'm saying it about the rest of the world. Like, people still use the term ob objectivity as if it fucking means something, as if it's something that you can ever approach, as if you're not a subject, right? So the people that I look at today that are in the media that I think have value are doing two things, primarily. One is they're swimming against the current, right? A lot of them will say, I'll take this guy, uh, Aaron Maté, for, for instance. I, I, he's, he has a show on this uh, network called the Gray, uh, the Gray Zone on YouTube. Um, he looks a lot at Syria. Um, he look, he's been called a, 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 a Russian plant. I mean, everybody, everybody in the world, because he's critical of U.S. policy towards Syria, he, he essentially unearthed this. Uh, uh, there was a suggestion that... Uh, that Ashur Balasad, what is it, Ashur Balasad or whatever, the the president of Syria, used chemical weapons, and uh, he he got these uh, chemical weapon specialists to um, show that it was something that he never did, and it was something that the U.S. was putting forward to uh, justify having an aggressive stance towards Syria when we were conducting all the well, when we're still conducting a ton of military op operations in Syria, but. Um, so the amount of flack that he took for reporting on all this stuff and other things that he's reported on, uh, he's been the target of tons of uh, people from mainstream media. So he is clearly a person who is swimming against the current always. And the other thing is, is that he knows that he's not the end-all, be-all. He's, he's put himself in a position where he's incorporating his knowledge into a, a space where it's communicating with other people's knowledge and they're sort of building on that together. Like Max Blumenthal, the other guy who's a part of that, uh, of the gray zone, actually, it's, I believe it's his, his site. Um, they, don't, they know they don't have all the answers. They're, they understand that they're, uh, like everything that was being presented about Trump by MSNBC was being presented as if it was the, the, the final you know, word. I mean, the Steele dossier, fucking what kind of bullshit was that? Um, and Fox and Friends, those those idiots, every time they open their mouth and they talk about how the president, current president is this and Biden is that and blah, 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 blah. The people that I get into, they, they're reporting the news, but they know that they're reporting it in an incomplete way. 
and they're getting tons and tons of flack from the mainstream spaces because like we said about the corporate you know msnbc stuff like they're uh, they got they get fired if they're there they get blackballed none of the people that i listen to would ever get a shot at being back on one of those networks nor would they want to but well when you're dealing with these large organizations that we're reporting on right so we call it the united states government which is what it is but just within the united states government some of these organizations are so big and so complex that no matter how complete a story you have you don't have all of the story right so you know you mentioned syria well isis in syria a lot of people have said that that was just another fucking CIA thing to, you know, help military operations and, and justify another war, right? I don't know if that's fucking true or not. And there's no way to tell because certain people have certain clearances where they can get information like that. Um, the CIA makes sure to silo a lot of different groups within the CIA so that one doesn't know what the other is doing so that, you know, they can't blow the whistle. Um, like honeycomb intelligence. Yeah, I mean, there's a, nobody really knows what's going on in the hive except maybe a couple of people, and they probably don't know everything because – the way it's designed, you know, you have the ability to say, well, I didn't fucking know that. I didn't know we were shipping cocaine to the Contras. <laughs> um, so whatever. <laughs> anyway, my, my point is, is that you can have a full story and you can be true and honest, but you've only got part of it. Um, so I don't know if that means that there are multiple truths there. I think that that means what you have is as true as you could get. Um, but that goes, I mean, you can't fucking do a story on the NSA because the NSA doesn't even tell people how many fucking employees they have. Well, you know, there was this one really good story that was done on the NSA in 2013 by Glenn Greenwald out of The Guardian that he actually got a Pulitzer Prize for when Snowden came forward, you know, and that was also a demonstration of a space where people did actually have a, a pretty good view of what was going on above the honeycomb, essentially. But see, in my opinion, I still think Snowden was a fucking plant, dude. I think that he was still part of it maybe may, maybe so maybe not but regardless of that one th that that information was put out there and it was made pretty clear to the general to the general public of everybody in the world not just the united states that all of our uh our digital transactions are being monitored and will be monitored from I've here until the end of time since 1995 right, dude good, good for you brian you're well, you're the first person that ever thought anything that isn't what i said <laughs> fuck face um yeah so clearly um we have some issues here <laughs> at short bus debate club um but you know what do you what do you guys think of the media if you want to let us know you can for sure hopefully you've listened to other episodes and have our contact info personally i think media has gone to hell in a handbasket. basket um 
but I, I think I remember when it was good where, you know, I could get a true story and not from one network. I always had to use multiple networks because one would say, you know, seven people had died and then one would say 24 people had died and seven people were injured and, you know, so I had to listen to all of them to kind of get a, a complete picture of, of what the news was. But I still think it was better back then. Um, and, and maybe it did start going south when TV was invented. Or maybe Darren's right, and it never started going south. Maybe it was bad forever. Um I, I guess what I'm saying is you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Um, quit fucking parroting these people because you don't know if they're fucking right or not. Do some research on your own after you read a story and form your own fucking opinion. Um, that's all I've got to say about the media. So whatever. Uh I'm going to just go down a list of people that I think that I've, I've uh, vetted pretty well and think that they have real value right now. As I mentioned, uh, Glenn Greenwald, uh, very, very good guy, Breaking Points, Crystal and Sager, uh, Bad Faith, Brianna Joy Gray. Um, occasionally, The Hill, I think it's not the best one. It's still corporate-owned, but I think that, like, Robbie and Brianna's on there a lot, too, um, and, the, like, uh, Ryan Grimm's on there sometime. Uh, they, they'll have hosts coming and going and they they generally try to take a more honest position than uh, uh than most folks again the gray zone aaron mate uh and max blumenthal useful idiots uh matt taibbi is what used to be on it with katie halper aaron mate has been on it lately but of course matt taibbi hating uh and uh look look these people up on Substack. they have a, a lot of good stuff and then of, of course the real news network with chris hedges he had a he had a show on rt but when uh, the ukraine thing went out uh RT was kicked off. Chris Hedges is a is a he was a former war correspondent for the New York Times and got fired by him because he was talking truth about what was going on in Iraq too, uh, sometime around two thousand four two thousand five. Um, but there are uh, better spaces out there. You're not going to find them on the TV though. You've got to go to places like Substack and uh, I mean I find a lot on YouTube. I, you got to dodge the algorithm and you just got to just start getting through the weeds and you can find stuff. And I'm sure there's a million that I've forgotten. Oh, I said Amy Goodman earlier. That's a, a democracy now. And for the most part democracy now does pretty good, but there's still some things they they didn't talk about the uh, the laptop leading up to the because they didn't want anybody to not vote for for Biden and I think that you can't you can't hold back stories because you're trying to affect affect outcomes with elections. If you got a story and it tells us something about what's going on in the world, you got to stick to your fucking guns and and do it. You know, and this doesn't change what I said before. Um quit parroting people and and form your own opinion. Um and even though Vice got purchased by a huge corporation i think that they still do a pretty good job of their stuff They're, they have good moments yeah there are some things that they they don't they don't come out hard enough on but they ha they have good moments sometimes they've got some really good stories and it it definitely gives you guys enough to where you can do some more research and dig deeper on to the topics that they discuss honest jacobin and dissent they're they're pretty good although they're not quite as uh, hardcore as i'd like them to be sometimes so 
Well, we're coming up on 45. Um, you know, so you got any last thoughts? No, I, I just I read my laundry list there at the end, so that's that's all I wanted to get in. All right, so catch us on Twitter, Short Bus Debate, TikTok, Short Bus Debate Club. Um, you can also hit us on the phone at 720-334-ROLL. Is it 334-324? 334. It is 334. Trust me. Okay. I'll call us when we're done just to make sure I'm right. I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, good times. We'll uh, see you on the next episode. Later.